Welcome to Peacemakers, an interview style podcast where you'll hear and learn from world changers, ministry leaders, creatives, and many others who are influencing change and bringing peace to those around them. We're so excited that you're tuning in. Here's your host, Jonathan Moya. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Peacemakers. I'm super excited about today's conversation. Today's guest is Kelly Haddock. Kelly is a singer, songwriter, wife, and a mom. She's also a former widow. Kelly has lived through tragedy and found hope and joy on the other side. Her music draws from real-life stories of beauty, heartache, hope, and the celebration of life. Without further ado, let's welcome Kelly. Hello, Kelly. How are you today? Hey, Jonathan. I'm good. It's great to spend some time together now. Yes, I'm so glad we've connected over the past several months and we kind of are learning about each other's story. And I'm so encouraged to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm so inspired by the work you're doing. Thank you so much. So I'm excited to speak with you. Glad that you get to share with us today. Your story has been really encouraging and impacting to me as I've just kind of learned it from a distance and even just more recently. And so I'm excited that we get to share this with our audience. And I'm also excited because we're going to be diving in deeper into a song that you have for our audience that you want to share about that. Before we dive into all of that, just tell us a little bit about you. Who is Kelly? What is life currently like for you right now? Where do you currently call home? Yeah, so my husband and I live in Orlando, Florida with our three kids. We have two boys and a girl, eight, seven, and then our oldest is 15 and he has special needs, which I'll share a little more of his story in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. But as you can imagine, as a mom of three, life is very full and super fun. I love the ages the kids are at. I wish I could just freeze them all here. And we're also considering getting a dog. So that's like breaking news. Yeah. We're, we're currently like in the search. So we're, we're hoping to adopt a dog and, and then full-time, um, musician. So every day looks a little different, but I love just getting to share hope through music and dreaming every day about how I can do that with excellence. That's amazing. I love the creative process that comes into just the different avenues for us to just really express who we are, the things that we're going through. And I'm I'm so glad to just learn a little bit more from you about this music process that, you know, you are going through and what you have to share with us. So tell me a little bit about that. What does that look like every day? I mean, to, to focus your time and energy currently on being a musician. Yeah. So when I'm in a season of songwriting for an album, or recording an album, or promoting an album, or on tour, any any one of those seasons looks really different and is mm-hmm. consumed by the task at hand. So I just finished recording a Christmas album, which I'll talk Very more cool. about in a few minutes. So I'm just now on the cusp of figuring out the promotion plans and booking a tour and working on planning concerts and set lists. And, and then just I really, really want to be an encouragement to others in a daily interactive basis. So I really try to steward social media as a tool that I have Mm -hmm. to share hope and spread peace Hmm. as well. So that's something that, that I try to give thoughtful time and attention to every day. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I think you were mentioned, you were listing off all the different things that you have to do and you have to plan about your daily focus and your time commitment. That's a completely foreign, <laughs> you know, <laughs> thing for me. And so I'm glad that you're doing it. I wouldn't even know where to begin, but many people I think have probably seen 
a previous project uh, that you have been a part of, and it's called the Thank You Project. And I and I say that because the Thank You Project was a short film featuring a part of your life story of gratitude after a tragedy. And this video alone has, from what I found online, over 150 million views all over the internet, and it's been featured on the Today Show on many national and international media outlets. And like you mentioned, you know, I think together you're trying to help gratitude grow go viral at least that was the tagline of this video can you take me a little bit into what this project involved and maybe i think as you're talking about this also will involve you talking a little bit more about what was this story like sure yeah so several years ago my husband and our baby boy at the time and i were in a horrific car accident Mm. and my husband was killed instantly in the impact and Our son and I were both life-lighted to Mm. Arnold Palmer Hospital, and my son continued to fight for his life there. He's an absolute miracle. You can read more about his story in detail on my website, on Mm -hmm. my blog. But the doctors in the pediatric intensive care unit and the nurses and caregivers and life light crew, everybody showed up and Mm. fought for Eli, and he's a miracle because of the goodness of God. And he's a miracle because of the excellence of the medical team that he was surrounded by. And so one doctor early on in those days said, if he lives, he might not ever walk or talk or show emotion. I remarried about five years later after being a widow for five years. And I remember when Eli was 10, I know I'm skipping a lot here, but when Eli was 10, his baby brother and baby sister had already been born. And it was just one of those like beautiful fall days. And we're sitting in our yard watching the kids play. And Eli was just running and giggling. I think he was blowing bubbles. And it was just one of those kind of perfect afternoons. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, I can't believe that a doctor said he would never walk or talk or show emotion. Look at him now. Look at what he's doing. I mean, he's he, he has special needs, but in so many ways, he's just his special needs just make it more special. And wow. he's just a delightful little boy. And he was running and showing tons of giggles and tons of emotion, you know. And I just thought, wow, I would love to find the medical team that uh-huh. helped save his life and, and tell them how amazing Eli's doing now and mm-hmm. thank them for giving us a chance to enjoy such a sweet, ordinary afternoon that we were enjoying And it was about the 10th anniversary of the accident around that time. And so I wanted to go to the hospital and and I got his medical records, which were like several inches thick and began combing through, finding the names. And then the hospital found out we were doing and said, hey, you know, we'd love to help you find the different people. And would you mind if we followed you with a film crew Hmm. to kind of promote the hospital and tell the story. And we were like, sure, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, you know, not, we were never expecting a viral video that was so like nowhere near the For goal. Sure. Of what yeah. we <laughs> but then the today show found out about what we were working on and wow. they actually got first rights to the story from the hospital. And then they came and sent a film crew down and filmed the story. And then they aired it on Thanksgiving morning, right before the Macy's day parade. Wow. And then after the Today Show aired, then the hospital shared their video and then it went crazy viral after that. But, you know, as you talk about seeing gratitude go viral, I love that for us, our goal was simply saying thank you. Our goal was not was not any any attention from anybody. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, it's like we we did what we accomplished before 
anybody hit share on a video. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then I just got to see how much it impacted the people we thanked. So many of the doctors said they had never been thanked before. The video's wow. five minutes. It looks like a hug, you know, like, thank you. Yeah. Each, thank you was, <laughs> each thank you was an hour long. I and, bet. You know, we were usually crying. And the video actually only shows about half the people we thanked. Um, it only shows one person saying they'd never been thanked. But I'd say probably 15 to 20 of the people we thanked said they had never been thanked before. Mm-hmm. And so I just got to thinking about how it's so easy to complain. It's so easy mm. to point out when people are doing something wrong. But there's so many more people doing something right. And they're Mm. around us every day. They're people showing up, doing thankless jobs, doing an amazing job without recognition. And I just thought it wasn't hard. Like saying thank you is actually really easy. And we just have to open up our eyes to see the people that are doing good around us. And they're there. And I just thought, how, how much better could the world be? if we were living with a heart of gratitude and trying to point out when people were doing something right. And that's really kind of the heart behind seeing gratitude go viral is yeah. realizing we each have the power to say thank you and to bless somebody else. Yeah. Well, that, that is powerful. That whole story and, and kind of just the context and the background of that, I think just helps us understand um, maybe the simplicity too, and the but the intentionality also, right, of just the power of words and yes. uh, the power of our actions and the way that we posture ourselves, even in the simplest ways and the impact that that can have. Yeah. So how has, I mean... Not only that specific life experience of just loss and trauma, but also even just the project that we you just mentioned. How has that, you know, influenced you today and the projects that you are tackling? And I know that you know we we don't have a ton of time, but there's a lot of things that influence what we're doing. But what would be some of those things for you? I'm I'm learning to live on the other side of tragedy. Mm. I've been through what a lot of people would say is their biggest fear or yeah. is impossible. Hmm. And I realize that, that God is sufficient. Yeah. Even in our darkest moment, even in the impossible, yeah. um, God has always been faithful. I cannot find a single moment where he was not faithful. Hmm. Yeah. And what that does for me looking forward is it gives me a really <laughs> out of body is kind of the word I can think of. I'm sure there's a better word, but I just feel brave. Um, it hmm. gives me courage to come alongside others and cheer other people on. And I think that that's, that's the bottom line of what I want to be about is mm-hmm. cheering on the weary and bringing hope, yeah. uh, spreading peace, because I know that it's real. I know that it's not just uh, like, we're not just hanging our hope on some, some thin line that will snap, yeah. but I've, I've tested it. And I know that the one we hope in is real and, mm. and that the hope is sufficient. And so I really want to, through music, um, because I've walked through tragedy, we all need hope. We all mm-hmm. struggle to have courage. We all, yeah. all ha- have disappointments that we're trying to overcome and push through and dreams that we're trying to live into. Yeah. And, it, and if we're not, well, Lord, wake up our hearts to dream, mm-hmm. wake up our hearts to feel. Yeah. Um, so that's really what I feel like my whole life is about. And music for me has become the, the main tool and vehicle. Yeah. Uh, 
but that that's the goal is to to come alongside and cheer on the weary to cheer yeah. you on to cheer and people on <laughs> that's amazing i mean obviously like so for our podcast you know we wanted to highlight peacemakers and i think what i consider peacemakers is just people that are having an impact uh, among those around them people that are bringing and waging peace to those around them and so uh, in many ways you know i think it shows just why we're talking this morning i think even why i'm encouraged by the things that you do through maybe a, a little bit of a different outlet through music right you know we know that even through our daily interactions, our stories, uh, the things that have impacted us, but even the things that we're currently tackling, that we mm-hmm. can bring peace and hope and encouragement to those around us. So I'm, I'm glad that, that you're sharing that with us. So where did your love for music come from? <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think God just made me this way. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> the most yeah. boring answer, but I just <laughs> always love music. I'm classically trained on the piano and the voice okay. and just, I grew up listening to classical music and went to a really intense music school and just love music theory and am a nerd in every way when it comes to Bach and Beethoven and everything else. So Well, that's amazing. <laughs> that's that's great. I think there's some of us that are completely gifted in different things. And so I'm glad that you've just completely owned that and continue <laughs> to dive deeper and deeper into it. And so I'm glad that, yeah, that we get to hear some of just your music. And there's several albums that you have now. And so when did your music career start? Um, I think about six years ago, I released my first record, Leave the Light On, and Sarah Groves, which some of you probably love Sarah Groves. Mm-hmm. I love her dearly. She just has really taken me under her wing and has um, been like a mentor to me. And so with that first record, she's singing on my record and her producer produced it, her band played on it, and she was just incredibly generous. And so I feel like that was just such an incredible experience and a dream come true. And I feel like once I did it once, it was like, oh my goodness. I just want yeah. to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So why is it important for you to share your life experiences through music? Because some of the, the music that I've listened to and that we've talked about definitely has a personal, you know, lyrics to it, definitely personal meaning behind it. Yeah, I love that question. So I have a song. I feel like I'm always like, I'll answer that question with a song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a song called Spotlights, and it's on my newest studio album called Wild Love. And when I wrote that song, I was actually thinking about in Hebrews when it talks about the cloud of witnesses. Hmm. And I was I was really just trying to wrap my head around that. Like, why is that good news? But yeah. Where, where I came to with that, and I think there's a lot of conclusions you can draw, but is the power of story. Mm-hmm. And the reason I think the cloud of witnesses is so encouraging to us is because we can look to their stories of God's faithfulness, of overcoming the impossible, of being peacemakers, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and it gives us hope or gives us clues for our own story. And so mm-hmm. I see how their stories are like spotlights illuminating the path ahead for us, the way forward for us. And Mm -hmm. so I see that as a role my music can play in other people's lives. As I share stories, as I share what I'm learning through music, I hope that it will be like a spotlight into your story or into the path ahead for you, just illuminating the way, making that way forward not feel as dark or lonely. 
yeah, that's that's amazing. I love the I love the creative process. I love <laughs> you know just how all of our minds are different and how we <laughs> process life different, and even just the outcome of all of that. You know what we do with that creativity, and so I'm amused just kind of listening <laughs> to you speak about that. And so I'm glad that you're sharing with us a little bit more about that background in in regards to the different albums and the songs. So one song that we've been talking about that's really important to this conversation is a song that has been released already and it's titled The Song for the Refugee. And so that's a song that we're going to be making available to our listeners and we're going to be blogging about it and making it uh, available to to many people that just follow our work on the border. And so tell me a little bit about the background of that song and how it came about. So the song originally I think was born in my heart when I spent time in Iraq Mm. with my good friends, uh, Jeremy and Jessica Courtney, who started Preemptive Love Coalition. Mm. And I was in Iraq during the height of ISIS. And Mm. it was, I I think it was more scary in concept, like looking back on it. I don't think there were really only but a few moments where I felt actually in danger, Mm. but knowing what I was stepping into took a whole lot of faith. And took a whole lot of faith for my husband in particular and my mom. <laughs> like, why are you going to Iraq right now? And every news story was like, ISIS has taken over another well, town. <laughs> completely. I mean, it's like we see everything on the through the headlines right in the news. I mean, it's like, why would anybody go? Yeah. I just felt this overwhelming call to go um, be with Jessica Courtney in particular, one of my best friends, mm-hmm. who's working there with refugees yeah. in the front lines every day. I just wanted to like, you know, I, I'm so bad with Bible character names, but like the yeah. story where they, where they hold up, I think it's Moses's or Aaron's, they hold up somebody's arms who's praying. Uh-huh. All right. I know I can see the comments happening right now under the <laughs> podcast. Like, you don't know the name, but you know, you know the story I'm talking about. And I yeah. just thought, I want to go like hold up Jessica's arms for mm. her, like just be relief. And, um, I had no idea what God had planned. Yeah. Um, but while I was there, They work with several groups of refugees, but one of them is the Yazidi Christians. And you might Mm. remember um, a few years ago in the news, they were the ones who were fleeing over the mountain of Sinjar and set like, I don't know, 50 of their kids, like a ton of their kids were killed by ISIS. And ISIS specifically targeted their kids as they were fleeing over the mountain. And then they have settled in a city called Suleimania in Mm. Iraq. And so we were spending time with them just loving on them, like playing with their kids, hanging out, hearing their stories. And a few days later, we went back and one of the moms was crying and she said, can you help my son? He's sick. Hmm. So long story short, he's in the pediatric intensive care unit. Jessica and I are spending every waking minute with them. And the mom, after several days, I mean, the baby, he was two, he was getting worse and worse. The mom was crying. The mom had already had a daughter killed by ISIS. I think she was either seven or 10. But she said, I've already lost my daughter. I can't lose my son. And she's just crying and crying. And because of what I had gone through with Eli in the pediatric intensive care, I could really be an advocate for her in a way that Jessica didn't know how to and in a way that the mom didn't know how to. And so it was like the Lord just brought me there to help save this little boy. And 
I remember when he was, um, he was in a coma, he was unresponsive. This was probably the lowest of the low where it was really touch and go. And Jessica said, I think you need to sing for him. And so I put my nose just right up against his nose. Hmm. And I started singing the verse of Amazing Grace where it says, the Lord has promised good to me. Hmm. His word, my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. Hmm. And I probably sang that phrase over and over again for an hour. Wow. And the next morning, the boy turned, made it turned the corner and started getting better. And before I had to get on the plane to come home, we knew that the little boy would live. And now he's thriving, doing great. That touch with humanity, seeing how the refugee, like we make this picture of refugee as like, this is a really bad analogy, but like almost like a Halloween costume. It's Mm -hmm. like this other thing. And in that moment, we were both moms. Yeah. she was me and I was her and her baby was my baby. Like there wow. was no difference in her story and my story. And I just saw her humanity and wow. my heart broke and I wept with her. And I, I think in that moment, the wall came down and that's really, there's a lyric that says there is no other. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I mean in that song is, is that there is no difference between yeah us and there is no us in them. Like Mm -hmm. we're all moms. We're all sisters. We're all, we're all struggling. And I just saw her humanity and that broke my heart. And that's really where coming home and seeing the, the tension and division on our own border is kind of the tipping point of like, I cannot be quiet Hmm. about this. I want to move hearts to feel the reality that there really is no other. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. I think the beauty of proximity, right? I think I often reflect on, and I don't know where I heard this quote, but it's once you get to know somebody else's story, or in your case, once you're literally in front of somebody else's story and experiencing it with them, there's no yeah. way you can't love them. At that point, there's things that maybe in other times mattered, but at that time when you're seeing someone hurt or lose something or cry about something in their emotion, there's no way we cannot empathize with them. And I think that's just the power of proximity. And I'm so glad that you were able to share with us just just the commonality of your story and how that was able to just relate to somebody else on a completely different part of the world that is unknown for many of us, right? And maybe we only know it because of the headlines or we only know it because the turmoil that we hear about their country is going through. And so oftentimes, even though there's chaos, I'm hopeful because I, I, I try to find that beauty in mm-hmm. how God is moving, in how people are being shaped by hope and encouragement. And so I think that specific story that you just shared definitely stands out and it's a highlight for me personally. Are there any other impactful moments during your trip that influenced your perspective uh, while you were on the ground in Iraq? <laughs> I mean, the whole thing, I think just... I get, you know, I kind of talked a little bit about testing God and I, and I say that carefully, but just seeing again, that when we are faithful to do what he calls us to do, even if it's scary, he is faithful. And I am sitting safe at home telling you this story. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of scenarios where I, I wouldn't have survived, but he was faithful. I just, 
again, going back to reference Amazing Grace, which was definitely a kind of a banner over me during that trip. Yeah. I, I think I was the most scared coming back into mm. like kind of coming home. Yeah. Because, you know, there was flying out of Iraq was there was a lot of moments, a lot of different airports and checkpoints I had to go through. Yeah. Where like, why would this young American woman be flying by herself home from Iraq. Mm. Like there was just a lot of suspicion yeah. um, and interrogations to, to get through. But again, amazing grace. And the Lord has brought me safe this mm. far and he will lead me home. Mm. And I think having gone through that experience, I just, any, anything that seems hard or impossible ahead of me, I think that that's the banner over it. Like the yeah. Lord has brought that's me amazing. safe this far and he will lead me home. And I think that that, that's why I can have hope for the refugee because God is with them as well. And I want to see him lead them home and bring bring them safe this far. That's amazing. Thank you for for sharing about your trip with us. And as we're talking right now, Preemptive Love just released a 35 minute video that just kind of highlights some of their work. And I'm super encouraged by them and even, you know, look to the work that they're doing to influence some of the work that we're tackling in a different part of the world too. And so I know that being in the front lines is hard, you know, and I can't imagine things that that they have seen as well. And so, but those things that, that we see shape us and encourage us to do, to maybe dream something different. And I think that's kind of, and all of us in many different ways, that's what we're trying to do. So you, you kind of started hinting towards after your trip, why was it important for you to take it upon yourself and go through a creative process and record this important song? I I really want to engage people's hearts. And Mm. I think music is a really powerful medium that gets through barriers that would otherwise be there. Because like you were talking about empathy, music allows us to feel something. Mm. So I I think all my music is highly emotive and, and I want it to invoke an emotion. And that was my real hope with this song is that that it would break down the barrier, the the things that polarize us, no matter where you stand on the issue, that it would help humanize the the kind of concept we have of refugee, that it wouldn't just be this idea, but that we would see that they are people. (laughs) There's some lyrics in, in the song, and they read like this. Peace and bridges built together. Love rejects the fear of other. And this is a line that you mentioned earlier in our conversation. And then it goes and says, we're better together. We're stronger as one. Take us a little bit into the process of writing these lyrics. And I know that intentionality comes behind every line and almost every word. (laughs) So what was that like for you? United we stand, right? We cannot move forward as a nation, as a church, as, as humans, Mm -hmm. if, if we are living in division, Mm. if we are looking at what's different, if we are pointing out the things that polarize us, pointing out the problems, Mm -hmm. it comes back to the thank you project. Yeah. You know, we, we need to have eyes that see the, the way of peace, that see the way of love, and, and it is possible, as you were talking about proximity, story, empathy, all of these things, I think, are bridges that create a pathway for us to come together. And I, I believe that there is a way forward of healing as we choose to actually live out 
loving our neighbor. Mm, that's, that's amazing. Was there anything that surprised you when you were writing this song? I know you had, you were processing the trip to Iraq. <laughs> you were processing your friendships of what your friends are experiencing, the work that the important work that they're doing. And then you come back home, you're going through a creative process, you're taking in the emotion and maybe the things that you saw. Did anything surprise you while writing the song? So several of the lyrics came from different posts I saw on Instagram. Um, I was writing the song right when the, the first travel ban was enacted. And you know how there was a lot of protests right mm -hmm. when the travel ban went up. And so I remember just scrolling through Instagram and I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a poster that, that I hate to like say this wasn't my own lyric, but I, I, yeah. I think there was a poster that said brother, sister, mother, there's no other or something huh. like that. Like yeah. there was a couple of posters I saw from people at different wow. protests that really caught my attention. And I uh -huh. remember screen caps of them and then reference some of those when I was writing the song. And I think just, you know, having this intense time in Iraq with PLC and then coming home and seeing that this is happening on our doorstep. Yeah. I, I think that that was the tipping point of, I cannot be silent. Hmm. So I think the time in Iraq kind of inspired the, maybe some of the context of the song, but the, the passion and, mm -hmm. and the burn in my heart to share the message really comes from what's happening on our doorstep and yeah. what is loving our neighbor look like yeah. to me, to my friends, um, to the people in my church community. How do we do this? Yeah. Um, how do we do that back at home, right? Just in our backyard. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like, yeah, that's, that's amazing what you just shared because in never would I've thought that you were influenced by some of the protesting or some of the things that how people are dealing right with some of these issues, some of this rhetoric, some of the hard things that, that they see. And in many cases, I see that there's many people around us and that are angry, frustrated, and oftentimes don't know how to deal with these feelings because of the things that they're being influenced by our media or the headlines that they read on social media. And so for you, you took some practical steps. You uh, were encouraged to take action and you dealt with maybe some of the same emotions or frustrations in a creative process. So... Mm -hmm. I mean, walk us through that because I think some of us maybe don't know where to begin to deal with this emotion. Yeah, I think I think just having the emotion stop at anger or frustration or mm -hmm. again, pointing out the problems is not productive. Mm -hmm. I think each of us has the power to choose the way of love. And, mm -hmm. you know, being involved and, and using your voice... I, I, I was just saying that post I saw on Instagram inspired a song. So yeah. even if you don't have a huge following, people are watching and, mm -hmm. and you have the power to spread love and to mm -hmm. spread peace. I think we all do. And, and I really do believe it's loving our neighbor. And that could look like supporting border perspective with monthly donations mm -hmm. or sharing the podcast or, or any of those simple ways. But also literally, I think, looks like loving your neighbor who lives next door to mm -hmm. you, yeah. like finding a way to engage their story and spreading, spreading light and beauty. None of us are neutral. I don't believe any of us when we wake up in the morning and set out on our day, have a neutral impact. And I think mm -hmm. I think we all have the potential to affect something positive 
in our community around us or something negative. And, and yeah. it's a choice. It, we have that choice to make every single day. Thank you for bringing us into into that and for encouraging us to also just figure out what that process might look like for us as we deal with with some of this emotion. I want to play a little bit of the song, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, just so that people can get a taste for it and then they can hopefully download the song in its entirety. Sounds great. amazing thank you for sharing your music with us kelly and so other than this powerful song you like we've mentioned in conversation you're also working on other projects and you're coming out with new music soon so tell us a little bit about that project and kind of what to expect and what's coming yeah thanks so much for asking jonathan I, I know it's probably, I'm probably not supposed to say this, but I think I'm the most excited about <laughs> this new project, um, my Christmas album, Peace on Earth. The way I've approached it is it's a socially conscious Christmas album. Mm. So every single song I picked, I combed through the lyrics and I'm trying to sing it in a way where even if it's a familiar song to you, the lyrics will feel fresh. Mm. And, they're, and they're songs that speak straight into our current cultural struggles and just wanting to truly see peace on earth. And mm. so in some ways, I feel like these songs are a prophetic declaration of hope. Like yeah. there might not be peace right now, but I'm going to sing this over the earth with mm. all my heart. And I'm going to sing it into your heart and into your home with all my heart because I believe it's possible to see peace on earth. And so I hope that this little drop of this album will be a ripple that will grow one other little thing, the last song on the album, I feel like is the heart song that I have been chasing to write my mm. entire life. Okay. And um, I think it's the, the bottom line of the album, the crux of the album, the main idea, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in be tonight. Mm. And I cannot sing that line without seeing the hopes and fears, the, my entire life story, mm. being a widow, fighting for Eli, remarrying, becoming a mom again, the hopes and fears, dreams realized, dreams disappointed, the hopes and fears of all the years wow. are met in you tonight. The chorus of that song, it's a song called Bethlehem, uh-huh. written after my time in the Holy Land and yeah. in Bethlehem. Um, the chorus says, and I'll, and I'll leave you with this, it says, weary world, rejoice tonight. Hmm. Love has come, spread its light. Hmm. And that is what I hope we all can do as a response um, yeah. to listening to the podcast, as a response to engaging the work you're doing with Border Perspective. 
as a response to the new Christmas album. Yeah. But weary, weary world, rejoice tonight. Yeah. Love has come, spread its light. Wow. That's amazing. I was so encouraged when we were talking prior to this conversation and you were sharing a little bit about that process of the album and the intentionality behind each song and the message. And thank you so much for for spreading hope. Thank you so much for spreading peace. Thank you for sharing your music with us. I truly believe and encourage our listeners to, yeah, find Kelly's music. Tell us a little bit about where people can find your work, the project that we mentioned earlier in our conversation, your music. When is a new album coming out? (laughs) Yes. So, Everything and anything you want, you can find on my website, which is simply my name, kellyhaddock.com. And there's links there to iTunes, Spotify. Uh, My music's available anywhere you would typically find music. You can find it there. My blog is there. If you want to read more of Eli's story or watch the Thank You Project, that's that's the best place. And then you can also follow me on Instagram at kellyhaddockmusic and Facebook just at kellyhaddock. I post regularly there and really try to bring hope and peace. And one more thing about the Christmas album, if yeah. you love if you love the traditional carols, I've got nine traditional carols hmm. sung, you know, pretty much kept the arrangements the way that, that you've heard them, so you can just sing right along. Uh-huh. Um, and then three new songs as well. Amazing. On that album. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. Thank you for sharing part of your life story. Like I said, again, thank you for sharing peace and hope to those around you. So again, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. And thank you for your music. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Peacemakers. If there was anything that stood out to you from this conversation, we'll post about it in the show notes. So make sure to check those out. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Peacemakers. Wherever you subscribe to podcasts, go ahead and hit subscribe. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends through Instagram stories on Spotify. And most importantly, don't forget to join us for our next exciting episode. Peacemakers podcast is made possible by Border Perspective. Border Perspective partners with ministry leaders and organizations to host conversations on social and biblical issues that help equip the church to love our neighbor the way God intended. You can also join Border Perspective on a service learning trip along the southern border. These trips are immersive, educational, and intentionally place you into the lives of immigrant leaders serving families on the South Texas and Mexico border. To learn more about how you can join Border Perspective's peacemaking mission, visit Border Perspective dot org.